Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for August 1st, 2021, the 10th Sunday after Pentecost in year B. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. But now I will need to know, Bruce, how are you today? I am good. Reporting from the Metropolitan... Oh, crud. <laughs> <laughs> From the metropolis of Indianapolis, <laughs> all is well. Cut. Take two, take two. <laughs> yeah, you'll take that out in the editing, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. Editing, I do that. Um, uh, good, 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 good. Uh, August 1st, we're in August now. Um, um, probably not as of the listening of this, not as the taping of this, but, you know, as we read the lectionary readings i mean it's one foot in august i mean we're so we're, it's, it's we're august e <laughs> it's august like august ish mm-hmm. um but uh i which is which is hard to believe uh so all you kids going back to school congratulations I know you love it um and uh um getting a little bit closer to uh to to for the church to be back to school as it were um yeah um, not, not, not quite, not quite. We still have a little bit of yeah, we're gonna hiatus wait, still. We're going to wait till after Labor Day because we know how many adjustments people are making through August as yeah. their schedules heat up, but yeah. we don't want to be a burden. Yeah. Uh, this year, especially, uh, still lots of, uh, adaptation and change. Yeah. And so we're giving it a little bit extra, um, uh, which is good. Which is good. Uh, it's it's been a very very strange year and a half, two years. So it's a it's a um, we need a we, we we need the reprieve. We need the uh, uh, room to continue to adjust. I think so. Right, and church may be the only place that can give that in some people's <laughs> lives. So we're trying. That's very true. Very true. Um, uh, anything? What what all is going on in the church uh, in, in the meantime? Um, um. Well, the big the big thing is just the good old weekly worship in person, and good you know, old we, weekly worship. Yeah, an old <laughs> buddy like a the old friend. Yes, the hound dog at your feet as you're on the porch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know where that. Oh, I know. It's my dogs are barking outside. That's why. I came. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness i know i try to highlight programs and things like that but the core of any congregation in any person's life is worship and Mm -hmm. one of the things that's wonderful is that we're getting to sing together again yes and share a pre pre prepared refreshments afterwards and socialize And generally, um, hopefully, be spiritually enriched by Sunday morning. So, I thoroughly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> and the the wonderful job you and your team are doing on the um, live casting of it via oh. our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. Big shout out to Fred. Uh, hi, Fred. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, he's 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 uh, quite taking to it. So. Uh, um, making my my life and my job uh, a lot easier but yeah it's um it, it's great to um it's great to still have that uh that service based recharge for the week uh yeah. um 
uh, 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 as you were saying, like you highly recommended, I was thinking like nine out of 10 priests recommended, yeah. um, <laughs> which uh, probably would be the ratio. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be, that It'd be higher if you like, included retired clergy. <laughs> right. And they'd be like, Bob, why'd you say no? <laughs> and I'm like, nah. Um, bug. <laughs> I did it for 60 years. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is uh, the core. And, 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 and as you pointed out, uh, it being um, uh, live broadcast, it, it has been a big, uh, a big deal as, as, as I understand it, this really helps um, individual parishioners and and individuals who are seeking a new parish uh, mm-hmm. to to really be able to connect, uh, especially if they are unable to otherwise. Um, right. So um, feel free to continue to use that uh, as intended. Uh, uh, whether you join us as it's being broadcast and live, or hey, I was uh, traveling, I was on a plane, I was sick. Shoot, uh, I overslept. I hear that uh, 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 a lot. Uh, maybe not said publicly uh, because <laughs> I was going to say they don't we, say it to me, but I understand why. We don't. We don't. <laughs> we don't like to admit when that happens because it's the right. the the, uh, the easiest to overcome. But you know, truth of the matter is, hey, that happens, and yeah, and the whole nothing... thing. Is, yeah, we, we should make access to God as accessible as possible. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when life does interfere, it's still clear God is with us. Yeah, it's it's it is it, it would be a strange thing for us to say like no 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 I'm so sorry uh, God is only available between the hour of nine it, like ten and eleven yeah and uh, if you can't make that time then I see we have some availability next week uh, you know it's it, it's, <laughs> it's just that would be a weird yeah. way for that to work who do it you want doesn't... as your personal spiritual stylist i think <laughs> right. so-and-so is available right, right. uh so yeah uh, the, the the actual hours uh are 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 not as as important i understand for some individuals uh uh, uh being in person is 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 the important aspect and i can completely appreciate that uh but uh but if you if you're just kind of curious, uh, like a couple of weeks ago, hey, how is how how, how are we how are they going to handle this really weird John the Baptist beheading uh, yeah. story in the middle of a baptism? Uh, how are we going to do that? <laughs> then uh, hey, log in and uh, double check and see. Um, yeah. Uh, or if you if you need a little boost in the middle of the week, you can check out a back issue, so to speak, or just yeah. rewind this past week's. Uh, music or sermon or prayers whatever was meaningful or the whole thing yep yep uh so uh very happy that that is uh there and available yeah. for, for for people um feel free to check it out um <clears throat> speaking of uh no i was gonna say speaking of checking out but that sounds uh weird uh, uh but uh what me, what me, were you talking to me i, I was <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of checking out, let's move on to our person of the day. But then it sounds like uh, we're, we're, we're checking out, checking out uh, the person of the day. And I don't what you should have said that. is speaking of dead people, let's talk about. <laughs> Did I'll I get a coffee you... spit out of you? I'll, I'll have you know. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll have you know that this person is. Yeah, yeah, is in fact dead. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but. Uh, uh, um, within our lifetime, um, uh, 1910 to 1989. Okay. Uh, 
and your person is Emily Gardner Neal. I feel like throwing in people's middle names is like complicates things. Emily Neal. I don't know if Emily went by Emily Gardner Neal like consistently or not, but was she one of the um, early women? One of the first ordained women to the priesthood in the Episcopal Church? I don't believe so. Okay. No. Then uh, that is my one guess, and give us the answer. Uh, She is... I I chose Emily here because I wanted to know a little bit more about uh, the line here first on her bio. Leader of the healing movement in the Episcopal Church. Oh, Okay, what's the healing movement? Tell tell us more. Say words. Well, well, read the rest of her biography first, okay. and then I will. Uh, born in New York, educated uh, uh, at uh, Brearley School and David Mann's College of Music, where she trained as a violinist. Uh, she uh, married a, a gentleman who died in 1961, and she was a writer, teacher, and quote unquote converted skeptic. Uh, which I that implies a, a story I would like to know. Yeah. Um, in 1956, she published her first book, A Reporter Finds God Through Spiritual Healing. Uh, and from then until her death, Neil was a noted lecturer, counselor, and leader of healing services. She was appointed to the Joint Commission on the Ministry of Healing by the 1961 General Convention. And after 20 years of ministry as a lay person, Neil was ordained deacon. On January 31st, 1978, two of her most significant books on healing are The Healing Ministry, A Personal Journey, uh, published in 1982, and Celebration of Healing in 1992. Neil served on the staff of St. Thomas Church in Terrace Park, Ohio. I have actually been there and made her home in latter years at the Covenant of the Transfiguration in Glendale, Ohio. The The Episcopal Healing Ministry Foundation was founded in 1987 in her honor, which was two years uh, prior to her death, and she served as its first president. Uh, uh, she died, died at the Convent of the Transfiguration. Okay. Well, the healing movement. Um, I don't want to be too too much in the trivia. Um, so, oh, pay, yeah. pay, that's the pay, other pay, podcast that we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, you know, gets one listen a week when we make sure it really got, right got uploaded. Right, right, right. Um, so the Episcopal Church, like any institution, goes through movements and eras, and this is hot right now. Let's all do it. Mm-hmm. And in the seventies and eighties, um, and to a lesser extent into the nineties. There was a renewed interest in praying for people who were ill in any sense of the word. Okay. So it was very common for congregations to have a weekly healing service and um, some, well, actually at the height, there'd even be whole retreats that people would spend a weekend being prayed for repeatedly and praying for others repeatedly mm-hmm. uh, it was tr- it, it was in many ways a response to the god is dead movement of the 1960s okay and 
which didn't actually necessarily believe that God didn't exist, but rather definitely thought that God was irrelevant to daily life. Gotcha. So the healing movement countered that by saying, no, you know, whatever your need is, God wants to be part of its resolution, part of its he healing. And we should be intentional about that as we grow more and more aware of that. Hmm. Hmm. And now it's pretty much, I would say, in the mainstream of Episcopal life. It started out as a, hey, look at us over here, and so it needs special committees and stuff. But now there's a very nice healing service in the Book of Common Prayer, and I regularly um, pray for people in person or distantly <clears throat> during the pandemic, did a lot of prayers over Zoom and phone calls, um, whereas like around the turn in the early 1900s mm -hmm. when people in the United States and England were so formal, it would have been tacky to talk about your illness. Uh, okay, I gotcha. And so there's a whole lot of we got to look good for everyone um, ethic, which still exists, but it was much stronger than we can imagine today. And so talking about needing prayers for healing would have been seen as kind of an embar embarrassing thing to, to do. Got it. Okay. So this, so, so in some ways, uh, this was, uh, us shedding a little bit more of our Britishness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, uh, also, I mean, just, uh, an, another fantastic case or an example of, um, lay leadership and, oh uh, yeah, a very, uh, obviously very talented person, uh, uh, implication here, uh, that she might have been, uh, a bit of a journalist, although it doesn't expressly say that, uh, she was a trained violinist, she, a writer, a teacher, a lecturer. She was a president of a foundation. She, she became a deacon like, uh, uh, yeah. Intimidating. Um, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say multi-talented, but okay. Intimidating. Uh, I, I, I find those go hand in hand, uh, for me. Um, but yeah, just just a, a, a great example of um, um, what what individuals can do on their own path with God. It doesn't, you know, we're not yeah. all we're not all called to be, um, you know, leader of a parish or you know something like that. It's 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 you know it, it takes lots lots and lots right. of of. Uh, uh, viewpoints and hands and uh, um, uh, servants to make things make things run, make things operate, uh, make things work. So um, I liked that about Emily Gardner Neal and the fact that she served in Ohio. And I'm a bit of an Ohio boy, so uh, I was, <laughs> was like, you can claim her. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, she would not have me claim her. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> right, right. Come at me. Um, so with that, let's move over to our reading for the readings, I should say, plural. You don't get off the hook with just one. Um, <laughs> but uh, our readings for the day, 
this this week we are going to read from Exodus chapter 16, verse 2 through 4, and then 9 through 15, and that reads this way. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we had sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Some sa Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Um, Exodus, uh, as, as uh, indicated here in the storyline, Israelites have left Egypt um, uh, through fantastic and wondrous means and right. uh, are doing the thing that they will do for 40 years, which is uh, complain. Um, <laughs> uh, right. What is what did we skip here? Five through eight. What did what, what was the part that we missed? Um, basically, Aaron Moses talking about what was going to happen. Oh, okay. So, it, so essentially, like we cut it out because it then then it happens and it gets repeated in the story. That kind of a thing. Yeah. That and it's all yeah that um, they talk about what the Lord said and then they talk about mm -hmm. how to tell the people and then they begin to tell the people and we pick it up again. Gotcha. Um, so there, there are parts of this story, and I'm sh and I'm willing to bet it's written this way on purpose. But there are parts of this story that are just like, why, why would anyone say this? Like, <laughs> if only, like, like if you think about it for just a second, the complaint by the Israelites doesn't make any sense. If only we'd ha died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Uh, uh, because they, you know, they, they were able to eat and, and, and everything. But these are the same people that there were plagues right before. <laughs> like, yeah, they, it's not, things were really, not so great. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not like you're saying like, oh, but in Egypt, you, we could have, you know, grow, grown old and died of natural causes. Um, and, uh, that was definitely better um because that was not their situation at all uh they they were they were enslaved they were uh, uh being worked to death and then shortly before they left you know firstborns died and you know water turned to blood and locusts came, you know came and ate everything and like oh if only we'd just I guess I guess maybe it's it's more of a complaint of like 
if we would have just died then, then we could have avoided the other eight yeah. plagues and well, and it, all it, of this mess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the old yeah. You know, choose your poison. It's still poison. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's one of the awesome things uh, about the Hebrew scriptures is the people in it for the most part are just so human. Yeah, and the the whole story of Exodus is like the worst car trip vacation of a <laughs> dysfunctional yeah. family possible. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh man, you know, why are we eating hamburgers again? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I would rather die than eat another hamburger. Yeah. Like you, <laughs> you, then you're the, you are perhaps the dumbest person to have ever lived. <laughs> if that, if you truly mean it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, um, I also think it is funny that uh, the way that it's written is the Israelites see the manna and they're like, what is it? And then the, the, the writer takes the extra sentence to say, because they didn't know what it is. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I gathered, I gathered that. Like, no one go. I mean, very in case rarely, you missed it, <laughs> very rarely is there a situation where you go, "Hey, what is it?" Uh, but you already know what it is, and that's usually like, uh, um, I don't know, uh, when you give a gift to someone, and you're like, "Oh, what is it? What's inside?" <laughs> Well, you bought the gift. You already know. That's that's like <laughs> yeah. I think the only circumstance where I think that phrase is ever said and not meant. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, it it is poetic again mm-hmm. in, in the Hebrew language. One of the ways poetry is expressed is by repetition. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. So it, I mean, it's, the passage is not a poem, but it's, in a sense, it's more flowery, a more flowery description gotcha. by writing it this way than just giving the bare facts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I, I have to admit, uh, Bruce, as a parent, I don't like the way that the story works out. I mean, so far as like, at least this snippet of the Exodus story Um, because the Israelites kind of get rewarded for complaining, (laughs) which is not the message I want my teenage kids to hear. (laughs) Uh, There's plenty of death coming. Don't worry. There is. There is. Don't get me wrong, but not in this reading. It's kind of like, Oh, but God heard, God heard. And he's going to send you meat and bread and you'll be fine. Thanks for bringing it to God's attention. He was totally unaware. Uh, Not sure how HR missed all this, but uh, we made it right. And here you go. Um, Yeah. Part of the, what the rabbis have written about manna is that it was not attractive. And well, I mean, yeah, a fine flaky substance doesn't go, mmm, I bet it tastes great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the earth has dandruff. Let's eat it. Uh, <laughs> and and so you know, it's... And the worst interpretations are 
Well, if they had only prayed for steak and potatoes, they would have gotten steak and potatoes. But since they only prayed generally, God gave them the lowest thing on the list, uh, which is hmm. terrible theology, but a yeah. theology all too many Christians hold. Uh, but there are all sorts of interesting dimensions to this manna and quail gifting that in Jewish history especially, but also to a lesser extent Christian history, has been very helpful to mm-hmm. temper people's expectations about mm-hmm. what prayer is about and what is the provision of God about. And mm-hmm. that it's it's not all about what you want, but much more about what you need. Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, certainly the whole story of the Exodus uh, through the eyes of the, of the Israelites specifically is one of those cases of not being able to see the forest through the trees It constantly not being able to see, yeah. uh, uh, Hey, thanks for liberating us. Uh, uh, we, you know, it was hard. Uh, and I know there's hardships ahead, but we're really glad to be out of there. No, that yeah. was not, uh, that was never, <laughs> that was at least documented. I'm sure there was like one, you know, at least one sweet old lady who's like, not me. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Ruth. (laughs) We're all complaining over here. It's complain time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired of building those damn pyramids. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Well, the rest of us, Ruth excluded, (laughs) wish we would have died in Egypt. Not me. (laughs) okay so we can't reach consensus on this however (laughs) by a majority by a super majority israelites (laughs) um but uh uh but yeah it's 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 uh and it's and it's an interesting it's an interesting 40 years of of uh of getting what they need but not what they want um um which is which is interesting that you kind of mentioned um, uh, one of one of the more I was going to call it a modern day uh, fallacy, but it's it's truly been with us for a long long period of time of of you know getting what you really want so long as you pointed out so long as you pray right or hard enough uh, yeah. that you'll get what you you really want and it's really. <laughs> that whole relationship seems to be completely messed up because in that, you know, it's really more praying for strength, patience, understanding, compassion. Um, those kind of things, uh, uh, are, are the, the more useful tools, uh, most of the time. Yeah. One of, yeah, we so often forget the, uh, huge compliment that King Solomon got David's son when he was told, ask for anything you want. You're becoming king. And he asks for wisdom. Yeah. And people are like, whoa. Uh, huh. <laughs> right. Know, not a new palace. Not, not a right. gold right. chariot. I'd ask for 10,000 camels, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you enjoy your wisdom, Solomon. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> 
There goes the party we hoped he was going to ask for. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, this <laughs> this king's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh uh, what a by the way you just gave a wonderful summary of the history of politics and government (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah if if there's anything that the uh the old testament writings seem to demonstrate is that there has always been that dynamic and there will always be that dynamic of uh this guy for sure. Well, okay, maybe the next guy yeah. for sure. <laughs> and How about this one. <laughs> I only want to get what I want out of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a king, one hundred percent, the one true God, or whatever. It's like, well, what have you done for me lately, God? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Besides creation, I Besides. know that I know that you brought me pr- peace and prosperity for a generation, but yeah, <laughs> it's high time I get that new palace that I was looking mm-hmm. at. You are absolutely right. Um, anything else about this uh, Exodus story? I, I know it's a fairly we've probably common... got enough off track about it. We better move on. <laughs> All right, Ephesians, Ephesians, uh, chapter four, verse one through sixteen. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things the gift he gave the gifts he gave were that some would be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until all of us comes come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to maturity to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful shaming and scheming. But oh, and I moved the cursor. But speaking the <laughs> truth uh, speaking truth the speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building its, uh, itself up in love. Um, this feels a little disjointed uh, to me. Does it feel disjointed to you? Is that just me and my terrible reading? Or, like, the first part almost feels like a prayer, and then it gets into, like, theology of of dissenting before he ascends. Well, yeah, it, I see. I see what you're saying. It begins almost like a prayer, and then switches into 
um, scriptural analysis. Yeah. Um, and and that's one of the reasons why one of the the part that's part of the proof that this was not a Pauline letter. Okay. Because yeah, he was. He was on, yeah. as as difficult a writer as he was at times. He was better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. It really does feel like it. It, it does feel like uh, almost written by committee. Um, <laughs> yeah, which uh, like I put in there the the thing about like he also descended to hell before he ascended to heaven. Right. Parenthesis. Yeah, yeah. And at least in the All trans. Right, well, one of the translations I have in front of me, they use parentheses, exactly. mean, that, which is the ultimate move in a New Testament letter to show this is getting crazy. <laughs> this is not on topic right now. But right. <laughs> Earl over there wanted it in. Uh, we'll put it in at the end. No, no, no. Right after. Right. The, uh, <laughs> put it right in the middle of this thing. <laughs> right, at, right, right after that really good point about giving, uh, given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Right there. That's where I want it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, that is that. I think that's as accurate a historical reconstruction as we can achieve at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Earl. Um, uh, and 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so there's there's a there's some very interesting uh, uh kind of almost almost beautiful language talking with the repetitive nature talking about one body one spirit one faith one baptism um which is uniting and unifying and saying um uh, it, it it doesn't come across to me at, le at least to me it doesn't come across as exclusionary uh um uh or or kind of coming from a position of superiority this right. feels very inclusive uh, especially when you're talking about um um there in verse two with all the humility and gentleness mm -hmm. with patience bearing with one another in love none of this is like there's one rule and yeah one right way to do it and you know uh, uh be terrified if you're not on the one side, this is very, very much, uh, uh, you know, some beautiful language about um, being, being together and and uniting and recognizing the humanity and and, and everybody and uh, and treating them with uh, respect. And then we have our little um, sidestep there, uh, and then and then we kind of come back to kind of we use the body of christ again and and kind of this uh this imagery of us all uh very pauline imagery of of us uh comprising different aspects of the body of christ um uh some of us apostles prophets you were gonna correct me <laughs> no not i was just gonna add something that this unlike the the lists from the genuine pauline apostles this one has more roles within a congregation mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why it's marked as as later than paul mm. because they had when paul was alive they had not yet had um evangelists pastors teachers right. um they had apostles and prophets but the other things everyone did right they weren't spe I know I'm trying to say they weren't as specialized as this list has it I got at you. the time of Paul's life but as 
Christianity began to grow. They did need those other roles, and so here they are. Yeah. Um, and then talking about uh, uh, being tricked, uh, which is kind of an interesting an interesting thing to, to, to point out here. Uh, we must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and de- deceitful scheming. Um, uh, any idea, like, it, it's not as left field as the dissension uh, um, uh, versus uh, prior, but it does kind of feel uh, a little bit like a left hook here, um, uh, uh, um, point-wise. Uh, any idea, like, what they were trying to address or what was going on at, the period of, at that period of time? Yeah, that... Basically, the re, one of the reasons this this collecting of Paul's theology and teachings was done was because of people claiming ultimate truth for other teachings, maybe mm. attributing them to Paul, maybe to Peter, maybe to Mary Magdalene. Uh, we we know that folks would invoke all sorts of heroes' names mm-hmm. to reinforce their point and so that that would be part of the technique of trickery is well now hmm. peter never said that mary never said that um sort of discussion hmm. so this also reflects a later development where there are genuinely powerful differing chain chains and schools of thought about how to live out christ's message that makes sense. So, so as as the as the um, belief in Christ and the kind of the new era of Christianity is you know breaking dawn across the the land, there would be subsets of that that would then very much begin to. I was I, I was going to say use the word splinter. I don't know if that's necessarily true since it's more. Um, differing views. We 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 splintered later, um, <laughs> but not but not much later. But, uh, I suppose that's true. I, I mean, because even in Paul's lifetime, there was the controversy about um, whether or not you had to be circumcised to be a good Christian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, then it, and but it did develop that different Christian communities develop, developed all sorts of different theologies. Hmm. And it took about 300 years for there to be a regathering of Christians say, okay, here are the core things out right. of which we got the Nicene Creed and some other work. Uh, but yeah, it was already going in all sorts of directions. And yeah, this re- very much reflects that. Hmm. It's really interesting to think back, uh, think of it in historical context of, uh, yeah, so it, it, this period of time would have begun to been like kind of the Wild West uh, yeah. of, of Christianity with, you know, no super clear leadership, no clear, super clear expressed doctrine, as you pointed out, core beliefs, uh, you could, you probably would have from you know synagogue to synagogue town to town found uh pretty 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 differing points yeah. of view 
um, about certain things or, or, or more emphasis, emphasis on syllables, uh, <laughs> differently, uh, uh, here or there. But, uh, uh, and then the, uh, bringing all of them, uh, everybody kind of together and creating that core doctrine and make kind of creating that, um, core sense of church or, or, or religion led to some very disturbing things for the next, you know, 1500 years. <laughs> I think we're still in those very disturbing thousand, things. Thousand, several thousand years. Yeah. We're, we're kind of for the uh, rest uh, of time on the planet. Right. Right. Uh, so like this, uh, uh, I'm in, in, in all, all assumptions should be made, uh, very well assuming or well, well intended, uh, um, bringing together of, 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 uh, individuals to create a a um more of a single point of view on core things uh ended up probably creating uh, ended up creating a, a a circumstance that was going to create a lot of pain and suffering yeah and yeah even in in paul's genuine letters we've talked about how in this letter, it reflects that Paul's writing to a primarily Jewish community. And mm -hmm. here, Paul's writing to a primarily Greek community. And they, they had different um, emphasis in ministry and interpretation and community mm -hmm. life. And especially with the Greeks, Paul had to you know, rein them in on replicating the hierarchical society that the congregations were located in and say no you're all supposed to be equal hmm. and and in despite our romanticized view of ancient greece it was a very hierarchical society right and in judaism it was pretty much more of a all are equal type of societal structure and so it was very radical for the Greeks to suddenly not have the rich people automatically the ones that were in charge of everything, hmm. for instance. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, anything else about this reading? Um, there was something. Nope, I can't think of what it is. <laughs> Tune in next week. Uh, no, uh, uh, perhaps, perhaps, uh, uh, perhaps it could, it'll be mentioned in the sermon. I don't know. Perhaps I keep calling it a sermon. The homily. Either <laughs> way, is fine. Shows you my non-denominational Christian church up upbringing, and yeah. it, it creeps out every now and again. Uh, let's move on to our gospel reading then. John chapter six, verse twenty-four through thirty-five. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? 
Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Um, so uh, 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 context-wise, this this occurs, we've had like three Sundays in, or uh, we've had Sundays kind of in a row here, uh, reading from John. This we is the, the second Sunday in a row. Uh, yeah. Okay, and we'll continue okay. on in John. Yeah. Okay. So we had the, the fishes and loaves story. Uh, then uh, 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 the disciples leave Jesus uh, and they have the little storm on the water that J- Jesus uh, uh, walks <laughs> alongside their boats. Uh, and then we pick up right here in that they get to the other side and the crowd's like, hey, where'd Jesus go? Um, and so they too travel across uh, and then they have this interaction with Jesus. Um, and very... Uh, it brings back hints of Israelites here uh, <laughs> from, from oh, Exodus yeah. um, in that they're like, hey, um, do this and and not not really getting it. Uh, uh, I, I should say hints of Israelites from the Exodus reading and hints of the disciples uh, in, in the, I think, the book of John itself, uh, where aren't they the ones who like constantly don't understand? Um, Mark's more infamous Mark, for that, but Mark, okay, it sure it it happens to some degree or another in all the Gospels, mm-hmm. and in John it's kind of schizophrenic, where there are times where it's well, why didn't the apostles? Why were the apostles so surprised by this miracle when they had just witnessed that miracle? Mm-hmm. But I I think that's more John's teaching that no matter how many times a human experiences the one true God, they're still not expecting it. Right. Right. Um, it is kind of an, it is kind of an interesting, uh, uh, response that Jesus gives, uh, the people in verse 26, they ask him, Hey, when did you get here? And he's like, are you only, are you only like chasing me down? Cause I'm feeding you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I- and Which, and that's an of that's a fascinating dynamic through the Gospel of John, where basically, and again, John's the last gospel written, so um, the author has a lot more retros, retrospection he he gets to exercise. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that happens repeatedly is people misunderstanding the meaning of any supernatural event around Jesus. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that's the bet because it kind of uh, uh, all due respect to Jesus, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, but, he uh, appreciates that very much. Uh, um, <laughs> it kind of seems like, uh, uh, in a way, that this is written that he's the one kind of misunderstanding because only in that, like, if if I were one of these people, and. Uh, I asked, "Hey, when did you get here?" And he's like, "Are you only, are only, you know, looking for physical bread? Because I, because I fed you." Like my response would be like, "Well, no, you had a there was a miracle 
that just happened over there? <laughs> like we had like a few loaves and we fed thousands of people. Um, it's not really the bread that I'm chasing down at this point, Jesus. <laughs> like it, uh, obviously, uh, um, I mean, it'd be cool if we could keep doing that, but that's not really like why I'm here at this point. Um, or, but is it, is it written in such a way that that's the way that we're supposed to feel about it, that the people are still asking these questions and very disconnected from the reality of the situation? We don't know. Okay. Okay. And I, I think the, the, I think this is another one of those biblical places where I am going to coin a phrase that I am making up. I think, I think it's divine ambiguity Hmm. because it's important for us to, at certain times in our lives, it'll be important for us to realize Jesus can see right through us. Mm-hmm. And say, yeah, you're only here for the free meals and hold us to, to respond to us in a way where we go, oh, yeah, I should go for something better than that. Right. And there's also the dimension of sometimes that's all we can ask. And as the that's Exodus story today showed, Jesus, uh, God and Jesus, same thing in this case still answers in a way that's helpful and Mm -hmm. Mm life-giving but it it's certainly not the advanced course spiritually right 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 right. um the 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 people here in this story do definitely get back on track with the not understanding uh yes (laughs) whether 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 that first interaction goes one way or the other verse 30 um one has to imagine um that maybe there was a lot of subtle uh uh context here in the in the exchange what sign are you going to give us then literally after mentioning the loaves miracle maybe not calling it a miracle by name but and referencing it and also intuiting that he had walked across the Sea of Galilee. That's true. I don't know. So, if, so there are two dude, signs within the last, what, 12 hours or something. Right. How did you get over here? Uh, the boat's left without you. I mean. Yeah. And, and uh, but yeah, literally they ask like, so what sign are you going to give us that this is uh, that so that we can believe you? One has to imagine that Jesus uh, takes a long pause. Yes. <laughs> tilts his head, head like 40 to 45 <laughs> degrees to his right and goes, seriously? <laughs> I was going to say, and you picture the apostles going, uh-oh. <laughs> Jesus is going to lose it. <laughs> but yeah, somehow uh, he does it. <laughs> uh, yeah, other than the feeding of the 5,000 and the walking on water, what sign are you going to give us so that I can believe you? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not just going to follow any old... You know, feeding of the five thousand guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There, there was no corned beef with those right. that barley I got with right. that barley loaf right. I got. Right. 
And not, not to complain, but the bread was a little stale. I mean, just uh, not like overly stale, but it was a little, it was, it was day old bread for sure. And the <laughs> Israelites got poultry. Where's our poultry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's my grilled quail? Um, <clears throat> come on. Um, uh, uh. But uh, so I guess I guess verse thirty four does kind of indicate that the uh, kind of reverse indicate that they were all about the bread. Um, yeah, <laughs> sir, give us this bread always. <laughs> like just just Jesus like pinching his the, the bridge of his nose, <laughs> eyes squinted shut. Like uh, yeah 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 uh, yeah. I will give you the bread of life always. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I guess that's kind of what I'm saying that you're not getting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's at this point where I picture is this if this were a modern scene, someone raising their hand saying, "Will this be on the final?" <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> will this be on the final quiz? <laughs> Mm-hmm. What do I? What do I need to get an A from you and meals for life? Yeah, I want to see. Uh, I really do want to see uh, like this. Uh, all of this gospel story uh, kind of redone with sarcastic Jesus, uh, <laughs> or like exasperated Jesus, where like you could just tell like, uh, fine, uh, yes, bread always got it. Um, not quite what we were talking about, but sure, 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 sure. In a manner of speaking, yes, <laughs> I well, will give you what you're talking about. You know, in my you know, in my Bible notes, in the in the translation that one of the translations that I have in front of me it has this, I think, this wonderfully terse description. From the very beginning of the discourse on the bread of life, Jesus seems critical of his audience. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, John should have thrown thrown in there somewhere uh, uh, that uh, Jesus turns his head uh, upwards and says, "Father, forgive them for they are so dumb." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh, what? Sorry. Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing. Ignore that. Yeah, and just to to reiterate John's point. Very similar wording takes place with um, who we who we call Doubting Thomas. And if you've been listening mm-hmm. to the podcast, you've heard me repudiate that title, but for the sake mm-hmm. of brevity, when Jesus tells him, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Right. I mean, really until the, the last closing part of the Gospel of John, the Gospel emphasizes miracles at best are a short-lived sign at worst they're misleading and within yeah. the within the gospel people are actually thrown off track by supernatural miracles unlike in the synoptic gospels so it's many have described john as the anti-miracle gospel yeah okay where bad things happen out of every single miracle including the ultimate one of um, that Jesus performs of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, which then leads to Jesus's own arrest. Right. Right. 
That's an interesting point. I, 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 I uh, that uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's that that is true. There, it it, it does seem to always uh, be followed by negative outcomes. Yeah. Or 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 you know uh, misunderstandings uh, or misleadings uh, from those who were there and and how they internalized it. Um, so that's kind of inter- interesting. And um, there. And John, there are not the sort of uh, reference by title miracles that are in the Synoptic Gospels, where, mm-hmm. like in Mark a few weeks ago, it, there was um, a verse about people just touching the fringe of Jesus's cloak and they were healed. Right. right. That doesn't happen in John. It's mm-hmm. I forget the exact number, but it's either five or seven. It's an odd, it's an odd number of mm-hmm. miracles, and that's it. The hmm. rest is teaching in terms of how Jesus is revealed. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Anything else about uh, this passage from John? Mm, that'll be enough for today. There'll be more on Sunday. Ah, tune in. Uh, yes. The hook, the hook for Sunday. Um, that, that, that should be there. That, that could have also been the title of our podcast. The hook for Sunday. Um, <laughs> uh anyways uh with that we will draw to a close this year podcast for august 1st 2021 the 10th sunday after pentecost uh as always uh please visit our website hfec.org to see what all is going on and find different ways to connect and uh uh uh, and uh um um, learn more about our, our our humble congregation and uh join us uh in service on live on sunday morning eight o'clock and ten o'clock and online that 10 o'clock service will be uh broadcast live and then stored on our youtube channel hfec videos uh lots of different things going on uh, uh lots of uh ways to worship and connect so we encourage you to find those where you can uh and until next week i'm ben and i am bruce and we will talk to you later Bye-bye. bye bye